Hello and welcome. You're listening to Twin U, where twins educate you on the world's most pressing issues. Wine, plants, buttons, cake. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I ran out of stuff and then I started looking cake. at everything in this room. There's cake. no cake in the room. <laughs> There's no cake except for, except for the cake Keller's got. That's right. Uh, So we started this podcast because COVID-19 has forced us apart for the very first time in our lives. And um, it sucks. It's (laughs) it sucks. So this is my twin sister, Ashley, and she is a really great, loving lacrosse coach. And I'm very proud of her. Oh, poodle. We're having a really hard go of it right now but it will it will get better and they're working really hard and i love them um this is my sister jackie she has a smooch who loves her very dearly with little peanut butter dollops which we've already mentioned before Mm -hmm. and also she's tearing up tinder getting lots of matches (laughs) and babes to call attention to her lots of um gentlemen callers and lady callers yeah I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see how it's COVID. So like, I can't do a lot about most of it, but <laughs> still nice to chat. Still nice to make out with people that are vaccinated. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, and this is Tay Poodle and she just got a fucking job. I yeah, did. she did. Taylor oh. is a research assistant and she analyzes data. Oh, perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. She kills it. You're so, excited. I'm really yeah. So Taylor, how are you? I'm pretty good. Um, my depression has lifted. I got a lot done today. <laughs> nice. Yep, yep, yep. I worked out. I mm-hmm. um, finished a bunch of paperwork for the new job. I made dinner. I talked to my dad. Taylor, are you looking at ice cream at Target.com? <laughs> <laughs> I look at her phone and she's just looking at she's looking at pints of Ben and Jerry's at Target.com. <laughs> <laughs> She's celebrating. Taylor's <laughs> doing great. <laughs> um, well, well, that's good to hear. I'm I'm thrilled that you're having a good day, and that congratulations on your fucking job. You're amazing. Thank she you. is amazing, and she's smart, and she worked really hard for this. Yeah, really hard. Ashley, Ashley, Jackie, Jackie, <laughs> Jackie. How? Yes. Jackie, how are yeah. you? Oh. <gasps> <laughs> you, you threw you threw me in you you surprised me i snaked you you did you snake me um i guess i'll go i well um i wasn't prepared um i was gonna ask you um i'm good i i've experienced um some new things for me which are specific to dating i guess or at least the vetting process to date sure. um, with the online world it sucks and it's hard and I know that I like I know that to be true based on my life, but like also, it sucks so much and it's so hard <laughs> that like even if you just want like a fling, it's just like this horrible process. And I swear to God, if I didn't require human touch to be happy, then I would not be doing this. <laughs> you know what? It seems like you're doing pretty well for being that hard. Yeah, I mean it's going all right. Um. Also, Carolina and I have been having a nice uh, time together lately. It's it's been really <laughs> kind of beautiful. Um, we've been she's been snuggling a lot more, and um, like I've been like like kind of holding her as we fall asleep. Aw, you guys are best buds. Ashley, right. Ashley, yes, Jackie, 
<laughs> How the fuck are you? <laughs> I I'm so good, and no one's gonna be able to tell this, but we've had Jackie has the Blue Angels practicing <laughs> right above her house. <laughs> Like all the time, and for whatever reason, there's been like six passes of planes every time I open my mouth to say how I'm doing. And I was gonna talk about lacrosse, but now I just I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. No. <laughs> That's how I'm doing. I don't understand why they need to practice flying around in circles. I don't find it entertaining. That's it. That's it. That's it. My team doesn't have a great record, but my God, are they improving every day? I'm so proud of them. But the seniors aren't going to see as much of the success like record wise as I want them to. That sucks. But what I'm really frustrated about is the fucking blue angels. <laughs> the F 35. Whatever you said, like the conviction in your voice is so strong. I can't believe how many times, literally every time I open my mouth, I know, I know, it's, it's like you opened your mouth and a plane sound came out. It's like, it's like a giant metal Eagle screaming in the sky. Yeah. Just like for a long time. Jesus Christ. Okay, Jackie, what are you what are you teaching us about? Teach us something. Teach, Teach us something that's not it, it better not have to do with planes. <laughs> oh man, it does not have to do with planes. Um, Thank God. I don't think we could handle it at this point. No, I'm not ready for it. I don't want I don't want to no. No thanks. Um no thank you. I reject it. So, um I'm going to tell you about something um kind of spooky, but also more like true crimey. Um, oh, so usually your spookiness takes the direction of the supernatural. Yeah. But true crime, I'm in for it. Well, I mean, there's like, a, there's like a lightly supernatural spookiness as well. But it's, you know, depends on who you are. So um, have you ever heard of the missing 411 phenomenon? I have not. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, no, I haven't. Okay. So, um basically a lot of people gone missing in the national park system specifically in the northeast um in the last hundred years so i'm going to kind of like lay out some information about it and um, i'm going to preface this by saying at first i kind of thought this was horseshit um and i ended up watching like a ton of documentaries and listening to a bunch of podcasts and doing a lot of research about um the the like the actual information the facts i suppose um and it's it's really suspicious like even if you even took like a sample of the amount of humans that are missing from the, like in this situation or, or in these mysterious circumstances it, it would be difficult to ignore the repetition and details okay it's it's really a convicting odd very it makes you feel squirmy. So I think you just need to tell us about it because now I have a lot of anticipation built up and I need to know. I need to know what it is right now. Right, right now. Okay, I'll, I'll scream it to you like an F-35. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend you're the planes circling above your house. And- <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Right now, I want you to channel them and give me the first fact as an F-35. According to the article by investigative journalist John Billum. <laughs> and then you have to go. <laughs> you go <laughs> 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 oh my, they're so horrible. 
I can't believe how loud they are. Does your does the apartment shake? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does because I can. I almost can hear like the single pass or a pane glass near your like. In, do you have single pane glass in your windows in your bedroom? Yeah. Okay, you can hear it rattling when you're next to you. Like, <laughs> you can desk. hear everything. You can hear car alarms go off sometimes. <laughs> so, um, okay, so there was an. Uh, the reason I got into this was because I like to listen to spooky things. And there is this guy named Mr. Ballin on YouTube. It's a dumb name, but his last name is Ballin. And he is it really Ballin. Yeah, it's John Ballin. Wow, that's a cool name. Imagine that's like your sports name. They'd be like Ballin. Yeah, well, he was a Navy SEAL. Oh, um, and nice. he's got a lot of scary stories about just like being a Navy SEAL. But um, either way, I was listening to things that he was talking about. And so he was talking about this guy, David Politis. And David Politis was, is, he's not dead. Um, <laughs> uh, he is a retired detective. And this, this man has, after he um, retired, he kind of started to gather some facts. So um, the reason for this was because this investigative journalist and some park rangers um, sort of started noticing these disappearances. And um, I'm going to start with the article written by John Billen. Um, Bill, Bill Mann. Bah, bah, bah. John Bill Mann. Wait, is it Ballin? No, sorry. Um, John Ballin is how I found it. There are so many Johns. Um, oh, oh, shit. Their names are so similar. I know. So I'm going to start by talking about the investigative journalist, not the Navy SEAL. Okay, okay. So um, the journalist... Uh, so wrote this article and this is where I got a lot of my like straight facts, my straight 411 facts. 411 facts. Let's go. Hot facts. Um, Hot facts. Sizzling. Sizzling. <laughs> so hundreds of people each year go missing in the national parks and that makes sense, right? Because like it's a dangerous place and many people go there without being prepared. And right. like there are wild animals and like pits and stuff. Pits. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are pits. I just assume people fall into pits. I I don't know. I, I find that so scary. Like, I picture, <laughs> I don't know what that horror movie was Taylor and I were watching a little while ago. They were, like, in the Norwegian forest. <gasps> were we it. watching it with you? Yes, I was there. I was there. Oh, my God. It was so scary. Well, actually, once they, it, this is always the case for horror movies with me. Once they actually reveal the monster, you're kind of like, wow, this is pretty awful CGI. You know, it just looks bad. I thought it was, suspense, like. So what scary. movie are you talking about? You both know, but I don't. You were there, weren't you? Wasn't yeah, you she there? was there. Well, you haven't said a movie name. <laughs> Neither of us remember. <laughs> I don't know the name. I don't know the name. But they remember their friend dies in a holdup at a convenience store. And in order to commemorate him, his mm -hmm. four friends go on a hike. And they try to backpack through, like, this Norwegian forest. And then they get apprehended. We watched it with Eli and Sarah. Like a Netflix party. Mm -hmm. Jackie, you must have just seen it. Oh, maybe I just saw it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Either way, um, I find when they reveal the monster that it's always less scary. Just because, you know, it's the, the suspense and the apprehension of it all mm -hmm. is what actually scares me. Sure. Like the whole you can't see it thing is like humans are afraid of the dark because we can't figure out. It's a biological imperative to save ourselves from unknowns. Sure, sure, but sure. And and the reason I bring it up is just because, like, pits reminds me of, like, that scary idea of being trapped in the forest with no control. Mm -hmm. Who knows? In the, you know, national parks, maybe there's a Norwegian cult. We don't could know. Could be. I mean, it could be. It could be a lot of things. I, I think some people think it's aliens, you know. 
Could be. So anyways, lots of people go missing because it's dangerous to go into the wild, the wilderness. Um, and sometimes you're not prepared and sometimes stuff happens. You break something, you get stuck, whatever. So Tell that to the tourists that try to take pictures with elk at Yellowstone. Oh, well, they got mauled on their, like, they, they know. We don't need to tell them anything. They're either dead or mauled. I once saw a family, like, literally they had a selfie stick, and they were backing toward a mother elk and two babies, like, two fresh babies. Oh, my God. And they were God. backing, backing, backing. Like, the closest they got was, like, I don't try, maybe, like, 10 yards, 15 yards. It was really, really fucking close. I was like, do you understand that an elk can kill you? They're huge. They are, yeah. I've been um, to Yellowstone, and I think it was Yellowstone. There was a fucking buffalo, and yeah. there were people like ambling towards it, like these fucking people who definitely couldn't outrun it. And they were just like, "Let me get a picture with it." And the buffalo's like, "What the fuck?" Like, just trying to like figure out how like close these people are gonna get. The buffalo's like, "Bitch, I will turn your car over, or I'll f- flatten you." They weigh like 3,000 pounds. So, anyhow, um, <laughs> the forest is full of all kinds of stuff that you shouldn't tango with. Sure. Um, including fate. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, interesting fact. The fact that there are hundreds of people going missing each year, even if it's from circumstances such as getting lost, and many of them are recovered, the neither the Department of the Interior, which oversees the National Park Service, or the Department of Agriculture, um, the, the Department of Agriculture's U.S. Forest Service, are regulated to keep track of those who disappear in the wild. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's nothing that's keeping them from keeping track of what's going on. And this is how I found out the article with John Billman. Um, so Billman wrote that... Um, National parks such as Yosemite, are they operate as sovereign states, which means they kind of do their own thing. And when somebody goes missing in their territory, they're not like necessarily inclined to uh, seek help from other government agencies like the Secret Service or, you know, the state or whatever. They they don't have to do anything. Actually, they um, they can operate within their own system, have their park rangers look and then declare it ended. They don't even have to involve the police. What? Really? Not, not, no, not unless it's like a clear crime. If it's a disappearance, no. If it's like a murder, yes. So what would constitute a murder? Like if you see bear tracks and then bloody drag marks into the woods, like that's no. technically a murder. No, it's not a murder. It's people killing each other. Oh, so like not like an animal murdering a person. No, no, not like an animal attack or somebody like getting lost or whatever. Sure. They're like, yeah, there's a serial killer. It's a bear. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a taste for blood. Um, So interestingly, because of all this, knowing that they don't have to make any like particular claims in any way or the other, or even have a registry of people that are missing, the most information ever gathered about the people missing in the national park system, which is Jackie, if there was a bear serial killer, Uh it would be called Bearkowitz. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I was, like, desperately thinking of all the serial killer names I knew. I was like, Jackie needs to hear a bear pun. (laughs) Sorry. Keep going. Oh, oh, side note on Berkowitz. I didn't realize, but he's actually still alive. I thought he was dead. Oh, edit for the last episode. He's alive. He's alive. Yep. Um, Pity. Pity. Um, 
but we don't know about Berkowitz. We, we don't. We don't. Berkowitz could be anywhere, anytime. Uh, <laughs> we, we're not even sure what kind of bear he is. Could be. <laughs> He's that large somewhere in Yellowstone. We're not sure. We're not sure. We're, we're just hoping he doesn't find us. <laughs> um, so the, this retired detective, David Politis, um, he actually has the most gathered information about all of these disappearances. And from his records, um, it's about 1,600 people in the last wow. 100 years. So that's a significant amount of people. That's 16, uh, like, I don't know, like, what's the math? 100 years. That's 16 people every year. Yes on average, going missing without a single trace and having their, there was no documentation about it. No, no records kept. No, like, maybe Frank will show up, you know, like a picture of him in a file. No, nothing. Wow. You'd think there would be some kind of streamlined process. You'd think so. Interestingly, too, um, the uh, David Politis sought this information from the Park Service and they refused to give it to him. Oh, really? Um, one, they probably didn't have it. And two, um, they made him pay for it. Like they money? made him pay an analyst to go through their records to compile a list. Seems like he did a lot of legwork on this and his analyst did too. Like at that point, you're like, great. Now I have a template to create a, data- a database. Like this is a nar- the National Parks system. Like mm-hmm. can't we link up somehow? You'd think so. Um, but again, they operate independently as sovereign, like sovereign, um, sovereign spaces. So they don't, they're not accountable to each other necessarily, um, or, um, the government standards, at least in terms of these disappearances. So uh, Politis, um, kind of compiled a series of facts that, are represented in many of the cases um and you know they're not either here or there and he never makes a claim about why um these 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 uh data points are in common he just says hey this is the the information i found as a former detective i put everything in a file i figured out how to compile it and there's a lot of commonalities do what you will with it why was david polite so interested in this um well he Again, he was a detective that's retired. Um, a former um, park ranger came up to him and was like, hey, I've noticed this and I, I don't know what to do with it. You know, take it for what you will. But if you wanted to look into it, here's a little bit of a start. And so he started getting into it. He started to become kind of obsessed. Um, it's worth noting, too, that David Politis, who has <laughs> he since distanced himself from this, but he was part of the founders of the North American Bigfoot search. So... <laughs> okay yeah so that's like not necessarily making me want to believe him but what i will say is despite that fact which again reduces his credibility um he has compiled a lot of research that's just born straight out of fact like newspapers like family accounts like just like actual statistics so it's like a lot of this information is not necessarily refutable or subjective Okay, so let me just summarize what I think I know. Okay. So the phenomenon is called the missing 411 phenomenon. Mm-hmm. There are 1,600 people over the course of 100 years that have gone missing in the national park system. The person that's compiled that has been this politest guy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so why do we care? Why is this like a phenomenon? Why isn't this just like people missing in the forest? Like, 
what's up with that? Like, what makes it so so compelling? Okay, I'm going to get there. So here are some facts <laughs> here. Well, that's great. That's a good point. Like, why the fuck do we care? Why? Maybe it was, you know, Berkowitz. We don't know. <laughs> it could be Berkowitz. We still don't know. We still don't. Yeah, we like might never know. It's a question that will haunt me <laughs> through my dying days. Forever, forever. Um, it's <laughs> So here are some facts that are represented in a huge amount, like over 80% of all the cases. Most people, according to his research, disappear in the late afternoon. It also seems that most of them who disappear, disappear just before or during a severe weather event. Um, bodies or living humans are recovered um, in previously searched areas, like rigorously, methodically dog level searched areas. The corpse or a, a, a person is found in that same area. Um, this is, uh, and, and frequently when they're found, they're either missing clothing or nude, which is notable because um, in the last stages of hypothermia, which I mentioned at the Atlet Pass episode, you remove your clothing because you feel oh, hot. The, um, the paradoxical undressing. Yes, yes. So what, that's interesting for a few reasons because many times the temperatures aren't reaching those kinds of levels. Um, but the fact that they're missing their clothing doesn't seem to correlate to anything in particular. And you don't think you would take off your clothes without you needing to. Yeah, um, and they search those areas, you said, right? Like, like so specifically, like hundreds of times with dogs and days. And um, another thing is that children are often or sometimes found um, in impossibly far distances from where they were, such as like um, there was an, a child found eight miles through dense forest uh, within an hour of its disappearance. What? Eight miles? Eight miles. So it was as if this child was plucked from spot A placed in spot B eight miles away and recovered an hour later. But the time in which that child was found lost at um, noon, recovered at one. And it was eight miles away. Yeah. Like toddlers. What? Do you have any like specific cases or stories about like, like any more in details about like th those guys? Like, Oh, poodle. Don't you worry. Let me <laughs> just finish up with this quick fact, this, this fresh fact. Sorry, 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 sorry. I know. It's exciting. I'm getting ahead. I'm getting ahead. <laughs> so um, another odd commonality is that um, many of the individuals are found either near rock formations, boulder fields, or bodies of water. Um, I, I know I find that one to be a little less exciting because, like, it's the middle of the wilderness. There are going to be rocks and water everywhere. Um, but I don't know. So I'm going to tell you a few cases that sort of reinforce this sort of disappearance phenomenon and sort of like talk about how weird it is because like we can say oh yeah they got they've gone missing it all we want but um until you really hear some of these stories and there are hundreds um it's difficult to be like well that's weird you know so these are um there are two stories the first one i'm going to tell you and they're both about kids um because i feel like kids are are one of the um best samples for this kind of thing because they're not going to like necessarily run to the woods by themselves and they're not gonna know how to trick you in this way <laughs> sure sure sure. um so Maybe the first case i'm going to talk about is uh the case of dennis martin <laughs> and is, is, um, dennis, is dennis the child dennis is the child <laughs> sure 
sure. Can you? He's he's a he's a he's a, a seven year old boy. But can you imagine calling a baby Dennis? <laughs> you always say this. I just think it's silly. Like you're like, hey, uh, Stephen, it's time for bed. It's a one year old. Richard. Um, Dennis. Well, they probably called him Denny. That's a cute name, which is real cute. Um, either way, Dennis, Dennis, um, good old seven year old Dennis. She was um, visiting the Smoky Mountains with his family. Um, It's something that their family did every year. So they were familiar with the Smoky Mountains and the campsite that they had been going to. Um, This was in 1969. So again, a little bit in the past. He's like a little boy in the 60s and he's camping with his family. So there's not like a lot of technology to be had in terms of like a, you know, a beacon or a cell phone or whatever. So this kid is there with his family. And on the second day of camping they happen to notice that a second family comes near them and the kids are all the same age so the they ask their parents and everyone goes to play and oh perfect yeah well let me like so let me lay out the scene for you so it's kind of a campground where you have campsites sort of like next to each other and they sort of abut this like field with a few trees and then the trees um and then it's like so it's mostly a field with like a couple of trees and then a little further back in the field is a tree line so it's like there's a clearing with a couple of trees and then dense forests afterwards. Right. So it's pretty visible for parents. So they're like, fucking sweet. Our kids can play. They can like do whatever the hell they do and we can see them. And there's a pretty clear barrier between safety and those spooky dark trees. Right. Okay. So you can like have a glass of wine or a beer with the family you just met. Your kids are playing. It's like kind of a cool situation. Yeah, exactly. And they know it. They know this place. They've been right, there. Right, right, So um, the kids are like, try- they're like, they want to play hide and seek. So sure. the As parents are do. like, yeah, whatever. Like, crack open a beer. I'll count, you know. <laughs> so the kids like fan out into the lawn or whatever. And the father sees, Mr. Martin sees Dennis, like tuck his little body behind a tree. Dennis. The Dennis. Seven-year-old. Yes. Dennis, the seven-year-old man. <laughs> sure. Seven-year-old, um, 40-year-old man. Yes. Um, so Dennis goes behind the tree and the, you know, the dad's like, okay, cool. Like he looks around, checks for the rest of his kids. They're all cool. Um, a little while later it's lunchtime and the parents are like, okay, kids, like come on in for lunch. Like it's time to eat. And the father like was pretty much watching this tree. And he's like, wow, Dennis is like really wanting to win this game because he has not moved from behind that tree. Um, and Dennis was not coming. And so at this point, his dad's like getting kind of pissed because he's like, listen, we made lunch. Get your buns over here. And eventually he just like puts his stuff down and goes to get Dennis. He walks up to the tree, which is the only tree by it um, for, for quite some time. And he goes to the other side expecting to see his son and his son is not there. What? So like he feels like a instantly panicked, obviously, oh, yeah. because his fucking kid is gone and he had not seen him move. And he wasn't the only parent surveying over this field. So his dad immediately like flips out and he like books it up the Appalachian Trail like two full miles in either direction. And is like running around scrambling, like looking for his child and he couldn't find him. So like by the time he gets back, the other family and the mother have called the park service. And this would end up being the biggest search in the Smoky Mountains Park history. Oh, wow. Um, The search radius included 60 miles. um, 
And it had 1,500 searchers, including Army Green Berets, military, volunteers, and dogs. That's such a comprehensive search. That's a lot of people. Yes. You know what it, the, first, the first thought that came to mind, too? Like, imagine, do you know those, like, kid leashes? It's like a monkey backpack, but, like, the cat <laughs> with a leash. Like, I wonder, can you imagine in the scenario that's already, like, this crazy, scary, fanciful, like, we don't know what happened situation. Imagine you're holding the end of that leash and it just gets, like, sucked into the woods or something. <laughs> like, that's all I can picture is, like, this kid getting sucked into the woods by some supernatural phenomenon. That's horrible. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, God, that's so scary. I mean, so the family does this search and this search lasts a couple of weeks. And there was there was just nothing found. Um, years and years later, when David Politis is going through all of the accounts of the situation, since Dennis was never found, he, um, he never found. No, unfortunately, he wasn't. And there was no there was no sign of him. Um, But like I said, he happened to get um, an account, a hold of an account from a family who was uh, nearby. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with these people, but their whole game was that they wanted to see some bears. Um, Okay. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, you. they did. They were like literally in search of bears. And the park ranger was like, I don't really know if you want to do this, but if you need to, this is where you might see some bears. If you need to, if you have a compulsion to see bears that will literally... Like, they're like, we got to go find Bar- Barakowitz. You got to go I, find Barakowitz. I need to Bar- Bar- one more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the family is like, so David Politis reads this account. He's fucking shocked by what they put in it. So he tracks them down and listens to their story. And um, they all corroborated it. So it was a father, a mother, and two kids. And they said right about an hour after Dennis went missing... Um, they saw a large creature that could have been a bear, um, with something slung over its shoulder. And they said it, it, it kind of looked like a bear. It was like, kind of looked like it was furry, but it didn't really move or act like a bear. It was more upright. And they saw it with like small clothing slung over his shoulder, like under, and it was running across this ridge line. I don't like that. Was it running on two legs? Uh, they didn't say, they just said it didn't run like a bear. Ah, uh, I it, that gave me goosebumps. I'm like picturing it like, like covered in like strewn to get like sewn together, children's clothing, like <laughs> some sort of scary, oh terrifying bear animal. Ashley, you have like a mind for horror. Oh, I give me goosebumps. It's so scary to think about. Do you think Dennis went with that bear? I I hope I hope not. I don't. No, nothing has ever been found. Okay, so wait, this family saw this bear creature at the same time that Dennis disappeared? An hour later, yeah. And they they tried to tell the police, and they also tried to tell the park rangers, but nobody believed them. That's a whole family, though. That's a bunch of people that saw the same thing. Like, that, that to me, is, like, efficacious. Like, they all saw, they all had the same experience. That has That's data at that point. You'd think so, but I think in the ta- at the time, it was the 60s. And they just were like, you know, it you probably saw a bear just a regular bear doing regular bear things and they're like no no. we saw it moving like a fucking man with a suit of baby clothes over its shoulder (laughs) right and like it had something slung over its shoulder what if it was a fucking baby like dennis was over like 
seven. I mean, that's not like you're not like a big person when I you're mean, seven. I mean, but to a bear, you could look little. Yeah, right, right. That's what I'm and, saying. And in the '60s, like everything was smaller. People weren't nearly as obese. Oh, so, so I know it's a, it's a, so that's one of uh, mysterious disappearances. Oh my God. Um, the biggest mystery, of course, is, you know that it's, it's always my goal. <laughs> yep. Keep going. I'm just going to sleep thinking about one of the dogs being snatched up by a bear <laughs> monster in the woods. <laughs> well, just don't plane your ridge lines or let your kids out of your sight or get them on those monkey backpacks. Honestly, like the uh, the win category, the pro category for monkey backpacks with leash tails is like going up and up and up and up. Because <laughs> at least you uh, drag me with it, you know. <laughs> oh, I can't make heads nor tails of that. <laughs> I'll have like my arm. You know, how, like when you walk a dog, you put your hand in the loop and then you like grab the <laughs> leash so that they can't pull away. Like that, that's what I'll do. And then you'll get sucked. Yeah. Then when my kid sucked, gets like a Pokemon. Up, like, <laughs> it just turns out like I'm like just picturing like a, you know how, like jaguars like bring that prey up a tree. <laughs> it'll just like grab. It'll like dislocate my shoulder and drag me up the tree with the kid. <laughs> Fuck it! If my kid's gonna get dragged up a tree by a jaguar, I better die too. I will die getting that kid back. <laughs> Have you ever seen those um, videos of like? people like seeing their loved one getting bit by a shark and like just charging into the fucking water and like ripping the shark off of their family member no i haven't seen those videos it's like people who are like stupid and they'll like fly fish in shallow water and they're like cool i'm gonna try to catch this prey for these lemon sharks right around some sharks and the shark's like cool a fish oh my god it's not a fish it's a human so i'm gonna tell you another story of a disappearance of a child in 1952, two-year-old Keith Parkins. God, what the fuck is with these names? Baby Keith. Baby Keith. What's your baby's name? Oh, his name is Keith. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he also manages a small hedge fund. <laughs> he might be a geologist. <laughs> um, so Keith uh, is two in 1952. Sure. And... Um, he was at a family member's house. His grandfather had this big old ranch in Oregon with a yard, like a side yard where the kids could play. Fun. And it was like maintained and whatever. So it's like kind of like um, it was just one maintained field and then everything else was kind of wild around it. But the field, the yard really abutted the house so they could be close and like kind of open the, the, sl- the sliding doors or whatever. And um, so the kids were all playing out there and Keith is like doing whatever he does. Um probably playing in the dirt and <laughs> whatever uh, <laughs> the grandfather like kind of comes out of his house and is like okay kids time to come for lunch or c- yep. come inside he's like keith keith <laughs> keith, <laughs> keith <laughs> come inside keith adult keith hey keith um i just i just got a call from my stockbroker wonder what you thought <laughs> should i buy in or <laughs> <laughs> um so all the kids like come in and I guess there's like four or five of them and there is no Keith. So the grandfather's starting to be a little bit concerned. He's like, fuck, where's Keith? He's like, they just dropped the kids off. I want them to come back sometime. Yeah. And I'm sure at this point, this like ranch man is looking up in the air for like an eagle or something. <laughs> Cause he's two. Um, I don't know why he left him in a field by himself anyways, but 
so they can't find Keith. And so they get this huge search party started and there there's no success. Um, and then halfway through this search, four miles away, several hours later, searchers find bare children's footprints in the ground. Wait, like like a cub or like. A- oh, no, like Wait. like naked feet. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, we got we got bare creatures with with baby clothes all over them <laughs> and we got bare children footprints <laughs> running through the mud what is, there's a problem with the bears there's a problem with the bears it makes us never want to see a bear ever I know. I, something is going on with the bears in the national park system we have to be alert that's actually what 411 is actually all about it's just these bears that have severely mutated <laughs> we something's up with them we gotta be careful we gotta be careful they're sentient now <laughs> um so they find these like children's footprints right right okay, in okay, the okay. ground um four miles away <laughs> and they followed these footprints for several miles so they're Sorry. <laughs> it's like not funny that this kid got captured or snatched up <laughs> i'm just thinking about like the bear children and they also are <laughs> okay i'm so sorry please go please keep going okay um so the footprints go for several miles so they find it four miles away and then miles beyond that that's how long these footprints continue wow so they had no luck that day and they had to pack it in for the night and um had to start fresh in the morning so the next day 12 miles away and remember keith is two keith was found face down in a field and he was covered in scratches his was he alive he he was alive um his hat and jacket were neatly folded next to him but and he was pretty much unharmed for being out overnight in sub-zero temperatures at two years old. Did they say if he was like sexually assaulted or something? Uh, There was no mention of that in any of the articles. Um, The only thing that Keith would say when asked what happened, he said, a cat scratched him. Okay. So do you know that guy Survivor Man? Bear Grylls. I don't know his name. The guy who like drinks his pee and like climbs mountains yeah 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 yeah. i know for sure it's okay so so, um because this was so incredible to him that a two-year-old covered a 12 mile distance over this period of 20 hours he tried it and because this is a a very very densely forested region he's like all right i'm gonna do it and he couldn't he tried everything he could to make that distance in 12 in uh, 20 hours and he simply could not do it and he was so, truly baffled by how Keith was able to travel that distance. So Keith didn't do that by himself. No way. No way. I mean, he's no two. Way. There was there was like ravines and like forest and, you know, he had no shoes. So um, as an adult, Keith has been interviewed again a few times and uh, asked about his experience. And he says he just has no memory of it. And it's it's just a mystery what happened to him. He was in a field right next to his grandfather's house with his siblings and then gone and then found the next day, 20 hours later, 12 miles away 
with his clothing neatly folded next to him and him face down in the dirt. That is so bizarre. And all he could say was a cat scratched him? Yeah, because he was covered in scratches on his face. That is so bizarre. So some theories of what these disappearances are, um, I've kind of broken them down from what seems most likely to what seems least likely to me. Um, animal attacks, that's an option, obviously, with the the bear humans with the baby clothes suits. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... <laughs> Your laugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know, I know. It was like a really weird laugh. But like bear humans in baby clothes suits that actually did you list that as the most likely for you <laughs> yeah, i would say that's the most likely no um the most likely for me is animal attacks um okay or getting lost or human criminal activity uh although there's a way to poke a hole in a lot of these just with these two stories the distance, the way the the children were found or not found, the types of accounts, where they were. Like, Dennis wasn't found, but Keith was, and he wasn't injured. Like, an animal had dragged him 12 miles, you know? Like, right. And even if it was criminal activity, human criminal activity, the ranch was in the middle of nowhere. And it was just the family. That was it. Wait, so... Do we think these are connected? We must, right? Like, that's part of this 411 phenomenon situation. There's no positing whether or not it's connected. Um, But it's mysterious, and it doesn't make sense. Um, Another theory that some people have thrown out there is government kidnappings uh, for testing or whatever. One interesting theory that I want to believe in, but I don't know, is that there are parallel universes or, like, wormholes where somebody steps into one spot and goes to another. Like a port key. Yeah, like a port key. Yes. Like a port key. <laughs> like Dennis touched the tree and now he's in like Lithuania. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like like some kind of Harry Potter bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, another theory is that there are folklore folk, blah, 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 folklore or uh, characters or like wood spirits that um, or unknown creatures that live within the national parks or the or the woods deep where people don't go that have a different sentience that have a different way of moving about that we don't understand and that they have mm, taken or moved or been interested in people that were close to them physically and um just you know done what they do and i don't you know whatever that is but there's a lot of like native american um individuals who believe in like spirits of the land and stuff having something to do with this but it's really you know again it's speculative one 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 that's real scary to me is groups of hill people um yeah there is a a theory a speculative theory that in the hills of Tennessee, there is a tribe of cannibals. Ah, what? (laughs) Yeah. I tried to look more into that and I couldn't find much about it, but I guess I don't want to (laughs) know. I feel like of all the things you've listed so far, hill people actually track with me. Like maybe it's because we live in the city, maybe not. I would so much rather be like messed up by some gangsters than locked in a basement for seven years by a hill person (laughs) yeah i know at least with a gangster you're like all right i know what's coming like literally you want my iphone but if i (laughs) (laughs) but if i like 
get captured by a hill person, I'm like, am I going to be your pet for the next seven years? Like, what, what the fuck is this? Right, right. Um, we all saw Deliverance. Did we? I didn't see it on purpose. Oh, you didn't? Man, the banjo never sounded the same. Um, so another theory, and this goes well with David Politis, and he's never suggested this, but Bigfoot. Okay, David Politis. He's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to suggest it. Only if you come to that conclusion on your own. <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't, but I'm not saying it was. I refuse to make a claim, but it might be Bigfoot. <laughs> um, and the final uh, theory is that there are alien abductions happening. Um, so your, your final two that you don't, well, did you arrange them in terms of like what you believe or what like most people believe? Oh, uh, what I believe. It's really hard to tell what most people believe. They're all over the board. I couldn't even put them all into a list, to be honest with you. Some of them are crazy. Okay, well, Hill People's up on top for me. Yeah. Taylor, what, what's your what's your top? I like Hill People. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take Hill People. I think it's, it's either like human trafficking or... Um, parallel universes i honestly like when you said that i was like man when you really think about like string theory when you think about the idea of parallel universes stacked up on one another Mm -hmm. it's actually like the idea of multiple dimensions is not that far-fetched and having areas where those dimensions overlap is sort of just like a mathematical probability so i wonder like could that be something that is real like I mean, according to string theory, I could press on a wall for an infinite amount of time, like whatever, infinite years, infinite amount of time. And there will be one time out of the the infinite times that I do that where my hand will go through the wall because the molecules will be specifically arranged. There's so much to know. Really, what we know is like a complete drop in the bucket. Even if we put all of our brains together, it would be like like a two millionth of what information we could gather. Do you mean like all of our brains like Darla and Fletcher and Taylor and mine and yours and Foxy's brain and Carolina's yeah and Carolina brain yeah they probably know a lot that we don't know I I believe it I think Carolina knows a lot of secrets that she's not sharing plus they're bilingual yeah (laughs) that's true uh Carolina can speak a little Italian too so yeah that's that's the missing 411 phenomenon it's 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 baffling it's confusing it's mysterious I don't know what I believe. Um, but what I would suggest is if you're interested in it, David Politis wrote a bunch of books that are just the facts um, that you could buy for, I think, pretty inexpensive. And um, also there's a ton of information on the internet about just stories of what happened to people or different types of disappearances. I chose these two, but there are some more bizarre ones, honestly. So why did you choose these two? Why did you pick these ones? I chose these because I feel like kids don't lie to you as much and um i thought that it was nice to choose one where somebody was found um (laughs) yeah that was nice of you (laughs) i didn't want them to be both bad that's also why i ended on keith there's still no comprehensive assessment of what's going on and why people are disappearing but it seems like they disappear around the the same time of day Mm -hmm. and they're all they're all like similarly confused if they are found Mm -hmm. and there's several instances of them being them traveling over large expanses of land yes in very small amounts of time yes and there are a couple stories one of this little girl that comes to mind who disappeared similarly to the way that keith did um when she was asked what happened to her and she was gone for a few nights 
um, she said a little girl led her up there to like led her up to a rock face to shelter and to keep her safe. Okay. And she, children, like a couple of other children besides her have had accounts like that. So the idea of having like spirits or some kind of force that is in that type of dense nature, it's, it's compelling. Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you for teaching me about this today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, it's not as spooky as Waverly Hills, but you know, we'll take it. We love that. We love that. We love learning about spooky things and things that are grounded in reality. Yeah. Wait, so next week, should we teach each other, each teach each other something? Yeah, I feel like we've done a couple, you know, the last couple weeks where each of us is talking and grandstanding. So, yeah, now it's time to compete. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm always down to compete, but I'd love to just teach you something and then learn something equally as cool. Cool. I have an idea. I already have an idea. I'm going to talk about multiple dimensions. It's happening. (laughs) I'm not telling you what I'm talking about. You never do. Why not? Because I like surprise. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.